and this is a very hard lesson I learned. So be careful in how you spend your time. So we always going to get a very rewarding feeling from being busy. <laughs> and this can be just be like, you know, answering emails, taking phone calls, um, you know, doing marketing. But if you do not actually evaluate the impact that all this busyness is having on, well, your ROI, your return on investment and what the income is and how you're actually making progress. Are you growing your audience if you're a podcaster or uh, whatever, what your income or profit is, whatever it might be. If that's not growing, if that's not changing and yet you're all busy all the time, then you need to reevaluate and perhaps implement different strategies. Everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Katharina jo Jobert, or however, as close as I can get to saying it. Um, so, uh, Katharina, she grew up in uh, South Africa, um, dropped out of high school, and instead, instead did uh, completed her examinations um, to um, get the degree, left uh, home at 17, went to Japan for a while, which is a fun age to go and explore the world, went back home, uh, went to university for a while, got a, de a degree in music and sound production, and also did some um, study of languages went to France, did some English teaching, um, had a family tragedy, came back home, taught some English, taught some music, um, <coughs> excuse me, and then moved back to UK, wanted to do something else, so signed up to do uh, teaching uh, first, uh, uh, I think, teach first leadership program uh, in some of the rougher schools in the UK, got some great experience, but it was also, I'm sure, a very stressful thing, so decided to uh, move on from teaching and uh, move over to what she's doing now, which is uh, more of a multimedia company and also does uh, writes and produces podcasts. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Katharina. Thank you for that great introduction. You basically covered everything, but I'll try and expand on some points. <laughs> Absolutely. So I gave, as you said, I gave kind of the 30 second overview of your journey, which is condensing a much longer journey into a much shorter amount of time. So let's uh, go back a little bit. Tell us a little bit about uh, growing up in uh, South Africa and uh, testing out of school and, uh, and uh, moving to Japan. So kind of tell us how that all the journey got started. Okay. Yes, that's actually like where... If I look at where I'm at now, it all goes back to that stage. And of course, you don't actually realize it at the time. Now, growing up in South Africa, I mean, it was just such a mixed cultural bag and I'm of a mixed cultural heritage. So obviously, one of the things that really, really influenced me was this fascination with traveling and exploring the world and meeting new people and talking and being able to speak different languages. And the other, on the other hand, however, I was also well, just very creative and I loved music, loved writing. So these are the things I did. Now, you mentioned that I dropped out of school and th the reason for this was simply, I just felt everything was going very, very slowly. Mm. And this kind of depressed me. So in a way, I felt like I was wasting my time. So I, one day I just stopped going and my parents had to make peace with that. I got the textbooks ordered and just completed the exam as quickly as I could, the exams that could allow me to, for example, apply to university and so forth. Mm. And 
luckily this put me in a position to leave home pretty quickly and it also gave me a lot more time to do different things so I spent a lot of time just um, well, I, to put it in perspective, I wanted to be a concert pianist. So I was really fascinated by the power of audio and how it can just influence people and sway their emotions and make them feel better. And then I was also fascinated by stories. So I did a couple of other cultural activities which allowed me to go to Japan. There was a, a very rare opportunity that opened up um, and it was more through people I met. So I took it immediately, but I was still a teenager. I was 17 and my parents eventually asked me to come back and actually go to university. So I did that. Hmm. So one question, why before you get back to university, so you went to Japan yeah. for a period of time. Did you just go on your own? Did you have a plan? Did, what did you do while you were in Japan or kind of, that seems like a, a bit of a cultural jump and also uh, just a, a different direction to go in. So what did you do there and, and, and how did you figure out or how did you or figure out how to make your way there? And um, so at the time, I I can't actually remember how I got into it, but I was playing Ego or Go, which is the oldest strategy game. Um, and it was invented like, I don't know how many years ago. Basically, it's kind of like chess, but it's a lot simpler yet a lot more complicated for example computers only they were only able to develop a computer program to beat professional go player like a couple of years ago that's how complicated the game is so that's what i did or spent a lot of time on and i met a what they call a sensei like a teacher and because of the situation i was one of the few south africans and especially being a, well a female south african um, so they just said, well, come to Japan and study the game. And <laughs> I said, why not? Um, but yeah, so it was a very rare opportunity. And I did just go by myself. And I probably from that point onwards, I, I've just been a bit of a nomad. I have not been able to stay in one place for too long. <laughs> So you, so you just said, okay, you know, it sounds like a, a fun opportunity. You know, I've, I've got my testing done with school. I'll go in Japan, have an adventure and do that for a while. So you do that. And then I think you said it was, uh, was in the studied go. Now, one question to start, follow up on that, you know, was that, an, was playing go enough to support yourself? Did you work there? Did your family support you? Kind of how did you, while you're in Japan, not being at home anymore, how did you kind of be able to pay for your, uh, you know, life expenses? So obviously all of the expenses, they sorted out some accommodation for me. I didn't have to work or anything. I couldn't because for that I would have had to have a work visa and mm. I was still like a teenager. So it just wasn't going to work out. So, and because they also gave me like, actually I could attend the school for free where I was studying. So it was kind of like a bursary. And then my parents just supplemented what I needed otherwise. Well, sounds like a, a fun and exciting experience. And so you did that. And how long were you in Japan for? I was meant to stay roughly a year. But then, of course, there was the university question of university, which starts in January in South Africa. So, um, yeah, I had to cut my time short there. Mm. So now you come back to South Africa, say, OK, I'm going to study in university. So what did you decide to study? Kind of how did you know, how did you decide what you're going to study and what, what uh, direction did you go from there? Yes, um, well, very good question, because I was very certain about what I wanted to study, and that was music, but I, at the same time, I knew I wanted to at least specialize in one or 
one language, but then I was so like fired up about different languages. So I wanted two. So in total, three majors, which meant that the best degree at the particular university I wanted to study at was something called music technology. Now think this is like 2008 and back then podcasts haven't really started and what music technology basically meant was you were you were going to go into sound production you were going to do something to do with the technical side of sound and this didn't interest me at all even though fast forward <laughs> to today this is what my company is basically based on but yes so at the time i didn't know i just thought well i could do loads of different things and that's what i've always been doing so that's why i decided to study that hmm. No, definitely makes sense. And so you studied that, you, get, you graduate from university, get the degree, and then where did the next uh, adventure lie for you? So obviously the like traveling bug had bit me by this time. So I was just like, okay, I need to get to a new country or, um, oh, that sounds a bit strange, but yes, that was the idea. And because I studied French at the time, I went into, did my post-grad in French literature all the while, I wasn't entirely sure what the career idea was going to be. All I was thinking about was just like going to as many different places as possible. So it and allowed me to go to France. So there I got a post as an English teacher. And the idea was to stay in France. I didn't really have any plan to come back to South Africa and basically from France, just find a different place to, to go to. But unfortunately, at that stage, um, there was a family tragedy, which meant that eventually I did go back to South Africa. And I think that is kind of like where all my, I almost want to say worst decisions started happening because I was on this like very fast lane in a direction. And even though I didn't have a clear destination in mind, I kind of knew what I was doing. Well, mm. maybe not, but anyway, <laughs> When I went back, obviously, you know, I had to think again, what kind of job was I going to do in South Africa? And at this stage, I mean, I studied music technology, which already was a bit of a vague thing at that time and French and English. So everyone said, well, the easiest thing to do is just go into education. I mean, with that, it's very secure. Everyone needs a teacher. Like it's not something that's gonna go out of fashion soon. Um, and so I said, okay, why not? So I followed everyone's advice. But the thing with getting into an industry like that, which is, I mean, I, I loved being a teacher. I love teaching still, is that you get really comfortable. And because it's fairly easy to get a position, regardless of where you go, it makes it even more attractive in terms of a career. And then you start thinking, oh, well, I want to do more. And at that stage, I was working for a a tertiary institute so higher education so they asked me to do a bunch of curriculum development which was great but during this whole time even though I was enjoying what I was doing I kept feeling that something went lost or something went missing and I'm not entirely doing what I wanted to like when way back when I was like into music and into writing and the big reason for all of this was simply people were saying well, there isn't really a career in those things unless you're like one of those like very, very special or exceptionally talented, you know, a virtuoso or for writing. It was just simply don't even try. <laughs> like that was the message I got. 
So you get that message, you decide, okay, I'll do teaching for a period of time. And I think that after the family tragedy or tragedy, after you uh, stayed home for a period of time, you went back abroad and uh, you went to the, was it the UK and did the, the teach first uh, leadership program? Yeah. So, I mean, this is all just kind of like a blur at this stage. So basically I met my partner in, when I went back to South Africa and his family is based in the UK. So at some point, we just agreed that, well, he said, there's a chance to go over. And I didn't even look at the map. He just said, it's going to, it's in the North of England. And I said, yeah, why not? So I left everything behind again, a very secure job, family support structure. Um, and I found myself in the Northeast of England, which is, if you know anything about the UK, one of the poorest regions um, of the country. Now it's very beautiful, but mm. I found myself there and having moved country already for a couple of times, I knew that the best way to find a kind of find your place again mm-hmm. is to try and do something really valuable for the community. And guess what? I was in education. I was a teacher. So I, I looked at teacher training programs because of the different education systems mm-hmm. and found something called teach first now in the states it's called teach america and basically the principle for this is it's a leadership development program where they take top graduates um, and they put them in without any prior training they put them in like really tough schools Hmm. and in normally very poor regions so that just automatically because they haven't had no training they've had no background they can just like really develop the students and because it's, um, you know, of their mentality, they can raise their aspirations. And then those schools and students and areas will slowly turn around because of these, well, t- training teachers. So mm. that's what I did in the UK. And yes, that was great <laughs> in a way, in the sense that, <laughs> I mean, it really developed me as a person. And I got to, I hope, have a positive impact on quite a few students and mean something to them in what I taught them, but also in being kind of a support structure for them. But at the same time, it was grueling. It was absolutely like I did not have a life at all mm. outside of that. It was like, yeah, <laughs> very, very tough. So you, so now you do that for, you know, and sounds like it was rewarding and also stressful and tough and kind of everything rolled into one. Now, what mm. made you kind of decide, okay, I've done this for a period of time while it's rewarding. I want to do something else, you know, kind of go in a different direction. And how did you decide what direction to even take? Yes. Yeah, so strangely enough, at the same time, because I was in this new country. So the other side of what I was doing, I was actually a music journalist. So all along, I've always been writing, always been into music and so forth. So I was doing that at the same time, living this dual life. And I was all, I also had a blog to explore and kind of let the world know about this really beautiful region with all these ideas and potential, um, but very few people knew about it. So based off of that, I, I just simply decided I even... The interesting story was it was right at the first day of term, a new year, academic year. I I walked into the headmaster's uh, office and handed in my (laughs) resignation and just said, well, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I did it. I freaked out for a couple of months and Mm -hmm. just thought, well, I'm going to start a podcast. There's no, no podcast in this area. 
celebrating the the space you the people and i'm just going to start one i did not put a lot of thought into it even though i did i just like in terms of podcasting and businesses surrounding podcasters and like multimedia production i didn't think about that i just wanted to do a podcast um and that's what i did and then i started regeneration studio which strangely enough was not the best name but i was normally when like i'm i'm literally like that you send me in a direction and just go <laughs> so yeah and that's so now, how what was generation for the the podcast what was the original idea or what did you want to you know kind of focus it on what was the you know motivation kind of as to where you where, where you put the podcast to focus on yes um so because teach first they allow us to do lots of in apprentice or like kind of what would you call it a kind of like an apprenticeship but during the summer holidays we could go to these big companies like pwc or um some of the others deloitte and we could do like internships basically so that really sparked my interest in actual business i even wanted to do an mba at this stage and because of that i was interested my first podcast idea was really like looking at the entrepreneurial ideas entrepreneurs in the area and the innovation and kind of spreading that and spreading inspiration through that. So that was my initial idea. It was a little bit more business focused and, but creative at the same time. So now you, that was kind of the initial focus, the initial idea. Now, did that work out? Did you stick with it? Is that what you're still doing today? Or kind of, I think that as we chatted a bit before things a bit or continue to evolve a bit as you kind of figured out, you know, where, the, what the place was and that, what the services was, what the podcast would be and everything else. So how did, you know, kind of with that initial idea, you took the leap, what, or where did it evolve from there? Um, yes. Yeah, so basically at this time, even though I did some market research, I actually did quite a lot um, and I had an idea of it, but I didn't actually think or market what I was doing. Mm. And because of that, there was there's loads of reasons why I didn't actually spread the word. I mean, one of the reasons is that uh, it was last year that I launched, so something called COVID-19 happened. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. what happened throughout the year was basically organically this was not the idea so i just met somebody in a coffee shop and told them about the podcast because i wanted to know if people in this area actually listen to podcasts because i wasn't getting any traction on the one that i started right at the start um once again because of various reasons and if so what kind of things would they be interested in so i just started talking to this person and they were the ceo of a charity and they were like really interested in the idea and they actually asked me to produce a podcast for them and then they wanted more and mm. that's how my current multimedia production company started because I suddenly realized that I've always loved writing and creating content about other people and what really drove me was not a superficial picture I really wanted to drive into their like the soul of a business or the soul of what mattered to people and capture that so whereas sure enough there are millions of multimedia production agencies and so forth out there i felt that the, there was perhaps not that many really trying to put out something of, of that focused on the impact people wanted to have and that's what got me thinking and then at the start of this year i also realized that my name wasn't at least from a podcast or content creator 
creator's perspective. It wasn't the best name because people didn't quite know what Regeneration Studio meant. Um, mm. While it was very clear, it was it, would, it referred to urban regeneration, which means, well, it just means turning a, a kind of a crappy place or shitty place into something that's kind of nice and cool. Apologies for swearing. Um, so that was very clear to me, but to be honest, anyone like if you just spoke to them they wouldn't know that necessarily unless they're an architect um so yes so i decided to really look at my audience as well because i realized that as much as i wanted to have an impact on the people around me they're not necessarily they're not necessarily podcast listeners and i couldn't uh, take that approach and just think because it's about their area that they're going to be interested in it and even more so people outside of the area were, weren't necessarily interested in the area either. Um, so I had to find a different angle. And my angle was to look at who can I actually speak to? And that's how Creators Abroad came about, <laughs> because I'm a creator abroad. <laughs> no, and that, that name makes, or at least for me, makes or makes sense and kind of resonates. And so it definitely makes sense why I did yeah. the did the, the shift a bit. Now, as you did that, you know, you've shifted, you kind of gone through, you know, been a bit of a nomad, gone to different countries, you've done different, a bit of a few different career paths. And now you're on with the the, the current uh, business you're at now kind of saying, okay, we've or figured out a bit of where, you know, how you want to position the podcast, what you want to do is for media production, everything else. What is the next kind of uh, six to 12 months look like for you? Okay, so I've actually now got like, a product like a proper thing that I developed and I developed it around the idea that I want because I looked at loads of other podcast production agencies and the exciting part for me is okay so I am literally the first podcast exclusive production agency or audio marketing agency in this area in the northeast so I'm basically for the next six months I'm just need to contact as many people as possible and put this in front of them and also more specifically what I part of my target audience if you like would be the people who would eventually be attracted to the podcast so actual creators abroad because I'd be able to really like that's one of the company values I decided off the start is that it's really a celebration of diversity so it's people who who want that cultural understanding and interaction so and that's my other side so people around here who who don't have anyone else to turn to and then creators abroad so that's what it looks like for me. And then I've got another thing in the works, which has got to do with language instruction. By the way, that's what I did. I was a French and English language teacher. So I've got a very, well, let me just say an original idea for teaching languages, but that's coming later on. <laughs> well, sounds like a lot of uh, fun or fun opportunities uh, are coming up in the future. So definitely excited to stay tuned and see where things going. So yes. Well, as now, as we wrap towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions that I ask. So we'll go mm -hmm. ahead and uh, jump to those now. Um, so the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what did you learn from it? I thought about this, and there are so many bad decisions that I made. <laughs> but the worst one would probably be not paying enough attention to marketing. And I know that time is limited and you, in my case, not all of us feel very comfortable with selling ourselves, with telling people what we do. But the fact of the matter is if you start a business or if you have a service and you really believe in it, 
for example, if I were to use a, an analogy or a different kind of business, so something that would really change people's lives completely, say you can cure um, people who are, is it short-sighted? Like, like if you had this magical cure for people and it doesn't have to be laser operation for their eyes, would you just keep it to yourself because you're too scared to sell this kind of invention that you've got? No, you would talk to it, to people about it. You'll tell them about it. And it's the same with anything else that you do. You have to really believe in it. And I didn't, in, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't believe in it and I didn't sell it. And because of that, for one year, I was like incognito. <laughs> Okay. No, definitely makes sense. And uh, good, uh, good mistake to learn from and uh, learn mm -hmm. from. So now we'll jump to the second question, which is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? So I am going to give two pieces of advice very briefly. And the first piece of advice is specifically for content creators. So someone who doesn't necessarily have a, a physical product that they're uh, developing or want to sell. So the really tough thing about a business when you start out is that you obviously you have to get the word out there. Now, if you do not have a reputation to kind of get that kickstart from, it is really important to think carefully about your branding and how you're going to position yourself in the market. Because if people are not clear on what you're offering so especially like i said for content creators like if you have a podcast amongst million others then they're most likely just going to move along so the time that you need to take to explain to them what it's about are going to lose perhaps 80 percent of your audience or whatever so be very clear and very specific with your branding rather be too simplistic with it than too complicated no, I like that. And I, I like that, you know, oftentimes with branding, you try and you try and convey so much information. You want to know, tell everybody all the cool things and all the different things and the reasons mm -hmm. why they should pick you and everything else, which, you know, is, there's always a lot of excitement, a lot of things that you are probably doing different, unique, but I like the simple approach that says, Hey, or convey the information that they're going to need, what they're going to want to know. And you know, how, you, how you want them to perceive the brand, keep it simple. And that does more to help your brand than it does to overcomplicate it or to try and convey too much information over, or, you know, at a, at a given time. So I think that's great advice. Yes, exactly. And then just very briefly on the, the second piece of advice, and this is more generally for any business is that, and this is a very hard lesson I learned. So be careful in how you spend your time. So we always going to get a very rewarding feeling from being busy. <laughs> and this can be just be like, you know, answering emails, taking phone calls, um, you know, doing marketing. But if you do not actually evaluate the impact that all this busyness is having on well, your ROI, your return on investment and what the income is and how you're actually making progress. Are you growing your audience if you're a podcaster or uh, whatever, what your income or profit is, whatever it might be. If that's not growing, if that's not changing and yet you're all busy all the time, then you need to reevaluate and perhaps implement different strategies. Mm, no, I, and I agree. And I, I think that there is oftentimes it feels like, Hey, if I'm busy, I must be, you know, must be successful. I must be mm -hmm. improving on something. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes you are yeah. being, you know, being busy isn't mm -hmm. a bad thing, but if on the other hand, if it's just busy for busy sake or the things that you're doing are the things that are going to create the most value, then just being busy doesn't, or doesn't benefit your business. So I think that's a gr another great piece of advice. 
Well, as we, uh, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to find out more about your business. They want to hire you as a content creator. They want to be a customer, a client, an employee, an investor, your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out, contact you and find out more? Yeah, so the best place to go where you'll find all my links and my contact details is my website, which is creatorsabroad.com. And you can just simply get in touch on email, cat at creatorsabroad.com or Instagram, which is where I'm most active at creatorsabroad. Uh, actually, that's at creators.abroad. There's a dot in there. And that's it. Fair enough. Well, I, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, find out more and uh, make sure to connect up with you. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a, a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be guests on the podcast, just go to inventiveguest.com. Always love to share your story. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast place. You know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so that other people can find out about all the awesome episodes as they come out. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else for your business, just go to uh, strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Thank you again, uh, Catherine, and uh, wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much, Devin, for having me on the show.